part two of the interview with Jerry Hearns. As you may recall, we left Jerry under an Amtrak after the battle with no one left but Jerry, Corporal Vickery, and about a VC regiment. So let's find out what happens. Here we go. So I just uh, lay there, and Vickery and I both, we saw what he's doing. We just laid there, and I, you know our heads were tipped up, and he was he was three feet or so away from us. Well, the ramp front ramp was so he was probably three and a half, four feet from us when he looked under there, and he absolutely on his belly looked under there, looked, looked, made eye contact with me, oh. stared. Stared, stared, looked right to Vickery, stared, 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 got up and ran away. Oh, God. And in fact, the first thing he did when he got, when he <laughs> left this part off, the first thing he did when he, when he, before he got down, uh -huh. he, he put his Thompson submachine gun down in the mud right beside him. By the way, oh. <laughs> and then he, he runs off, and uh, so Victory and I we just we, we lay there, literally lay there overnight. And uh, no, next day they next day they come in and and uh, get us out, and uh, flew me to. They left you there overnight. Part yeah. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. The uh, it was it was just almost you know was, I I had picked up a chunk of shrapnel. I, I told you I got the one that hit me in the face. Right. But one of them, one of them, when the guys were shooting from the corner, one of those rockets, and I, I didn't even, I didn't even know it had hit me, or I didn't even know where it was at, but I knew I'd been been hit back on the right side, but it didn't, you know, it wasn't hurting me. It wasn't, well, it, it, underneath my right ear. Uh-huh. Let's see. I ha Okay, so I had the bullet under the, under the under the ear. My, over my lip, I had a big chunk of shrapnel, and I had probably uh, three or four big chunks of shrapnel, but the one that was, that was under the ear, that one was just, just squirted blood till it couldn't. There was no blood left to squirt, well, and I was still alive. And yeah. so anyway, we. Uh, and, and was it just you two that were the, were you the only? Excuse me, were you the only two left? Yes. The next day, everybody else had died. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Next next day, uh, next day, some I'm trying to think of who it was. Uh, Next day, we got company the next day, and uh, oh, I'll tell you what happened. The next day, huh? we uh, and and I got I got to pause for a second because uh, yeah, no, that's okay. But, yeah, just just take your time. Yeah, I'm 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 I'm, I'm I've told this story a number of times, and not in a long time, but I, but. The next day, 
we had, next day we started to get some artillery or some air, air support. And uh, they started to strafe the edge of the jungle with, with napalm. Um, actually what happened first, now that I think about it, is a helicopter landed, or tried to land. It was a, a, one of the uh, transports come rolling in and it, I could hear it up above and I'm thinking don't come in here don't come in here it ain't gonna be good yeah. and when that helicopter comes down and he gets down and he's about four foot off the ground when he gets lit up and that helicopter just starts to shake and jerk and it literally just rolls right over on its top and lands on its, on its rotors about 30, 40 yards away and big fire. Like, ah, crap. Well, I guess we're not getting out of here. But two hours later, we get, uh, and actually we, that helicopter landed, we had not gotten any strafing yet. There was nothing, that was the helicopter the first thing. The, uh, the next day, we get a gunship comes in, and he's probably 30, 40 yards off the ground, and he starts to take fire, and he exits. And uh, so I'm thinking, well, I don't think we're going to get out of here, Vickery. We're, <laughs> I think we're, we're going to spend our last days right here. and. Uh, Shortly after that, they, uh, that's when they start strafing. Now we're back in back half of the afternoon. They start strafing the jungle. Another helicopter comes down. Another Huey comes down, takes a bunch of fire. He doesn't, he doesn't get out. He gets up out of there. And about 15 minutes later, we hear helicopters. And there are five gunships set up in formation. I, I am goose, I'm goose bumping and crying yeah. at the same time. Yeah. They set up in formation over, over, over that rice paddy, and they lit up the jungle. And I'm telling you, they lit it up and lit it up, and they paused for a moment, and a transport comes. Blow, blow, blowing back down. No, it wasn't me. It was a Huey. A Huey comes, comes flying in, and I mean, he hits and he bounces, bounces, bounces. The door gunners jump out. They run directly to me and Vickery. I mean, they run directly to me. Somebody had seen us. Somebody knew we were there. They run right to us. They they just pulled us through the mud got us back over to that helicopter and that helicopter had already already stopped somewhere and picked up a bunch of marines because they were you know, when they threw me into that helicopter i was on top of six dead marines they also they also picked up two or uh, three from from our rice paddy too yeah. crewmen that were in the amtraks uh -huh. but uh threw me up on top of that um that pile of dead bodies yeah Whoa. and <laughs> one of the one of the door gunners who'd, who'd thrown me up there says, "Get us out of here!" 
And now, okay, we, we've got a, we've got quite a load in there. We get up and and we're not taking any fire. And I'm going, oh man, this is, until we get about 300 yards up in the air, because now we're up where they can see us. And now I'm first first thing I notice is I'm laying on my back on top of these bodies, and I hear and feel whack. I feel rounds coming through the bottom of that helicopter. Yeah. And they're they're not they're not penetrating through all those bodies that I'm laying on. And they fly us out and uh, that's the that's the story. Wow. The uh, And that was just the first day in country? Yeah. Whoa, gee, welcome yeah. welcome to Vietnam. Yeah, well, you know what happened too. Is I, so I told you that I was an E one when I landed, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I go to. Uh, I end up spending four months in Camp Cooey Army Hospital, and uh, uh, they treated they treated me worse than worse than the VC did. Oh God! Uh, I was there for four months, and and there was a nurse there. It uh -huh. just I was a Marine. She didn't like Marines. <laughs> she treated me like crap. But while I was there, I went from being an E1 to an E3. And then one day, a doctor, uh, a, a Navy doc, shows up. Mm -hmm. Navy, who's a commander. He shows up. And he says, and I hear him at the other end of the, the my ward. And he's, I'm in the open wounds ward still, and he says, "Where's my marine? You got my marine in here? Where's my marine? I don't hear good things about how you're treating him." Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh I'll tell you what, uh, things changed. But also while I was in there, I went before he got there. I, when he got there, I was a lance corporal. I picked up PFC and lance corporal, and. Uh, and so this this commander just was, was just a great guy. Then he came in and he gave me my my corporal stripes. And uh, a couple of days later, I, I went went over to the transition unit. Yeah, uh -huh. uh, the transition unit was at Camp Hansen on Okinawa, <laughs> and it was the. It was where we had been stationed. And so, it's where we had left. Well, it turns out that when I got there, it's where they're going to make the determination as whether you're going back to the states, you're going to go back in combat. And when I get there, one of our first sergeants is there, and he's he's running the show, and he says, "Hearn, Hearn, we all heard you were dead. Oh God, it's great to see you." Blah blah blah. And so we, so we. We just we chatted for two or three days, yeah. and on the third day, he says, "Ern, I got great news for you. Got great news. We're getting you back to the states. You can fly out tomorrow." And I says, "Well, no, top, no, 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 no. That's no. I don't want to go back." He says, "But what do you mean you don't want to go back, top? I don't want to go back." He says, "Look at you." And I said, "Yeah, top. Look at me. Look at me. And I'm alive." They can't kill me, and I lost a 
I left a bunch of Marines in that rice paddy. Yeah. I'm going back. And he said, I don't, he said, I don't think I can, I don't think we can do that. And I told him, I said, tough sergeant, what general in this man's Marine Corps don't you know by first name? Uh-huh, yeah. I got the look and he says, well, I'll see what I can do. Next day, he says, I'm going to miss you. I'm going to miss you. Yeah. You, you'll be you'll be going back there and you're flying to Da Nang tomorrow. Well, cool. <laughs>
Ne <gülüyor> anda? <gülüyor> so you, so let's, let, uh, that was 65. Uh-huh. Uh, then uh, you spent how many tours? Three? Almost four? Um, well, my last one was, was real short. Okay. And it was, it was out on Goinoy Island. Right. It was in 68. Yeah. But yeah, what I did was I did, I, I did my, like I said, I went back in. Yeah. I, so I, I missed uh, four months of my first tour. I went back in. Yeah. I finished that tour, mm-hmm. did another tour. Actually, probably was only in about uh, eight or ten months. And they said, Herb, you got to get out of here. <laughs> You're getting a little scary. Yeah. They sent me back home. And then on the morning, my, uh, my, Second daughter was born. Oh wow! The uh, my, let me think. Uh, no, it was the morning my my second daughter was was born. Okay. Uh, you know, stationed at Pendleton. I was I was living in. I want to say it was in the ocean side. No, we were living in. Uh, no, we were not. We were, we were in. Uh, oh, what's the, what's the town? San Clemente. San, oh, we're right. In San Clemente. All oh, right, yeah. And I got a phone call, and it was, it was a captain, and he said, uh, and at that point I'm Sergeant Hearn. Right. And he said, uh, Sergeant Hearn. He said, uh, I, I know, I know you can say no, and you got every right to say no, but he said. Uh, we just we, we we got stuff going on in Vietnam right now, and we need some we need some real good guys in there. We need, wow. we need some experienced yeah. NCOs in there. Yeah. And he said, "Do you think you can help me find twenty five NCOs that were combat veteran NCOs that would go back in country?" He said, "We're we're getting our asses kicked, and it was going to our island." Oh wow! Yeah. It, it was that. Uh, it was. When when the, the VC got going on, and I said, uh, "Well, um, I said I will." Let me ask my wife. And like I said, she's she's. In fact, I yeah. I think my I think my daughter. Yeah, it was the day my daughter was born. I asked my wife, and I said, "I said, Sherry." This is a big deal. I got to go. Yeah. And she says, okay. And I, I got on the phone and I uh, called a bunch of guys to call a bunch of guys. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, the uh, first thing I did is went to my neighbors, uh, Willie, uh, Willie Anderson mm-hmm. went to my neighbors. He's a corporal TC. And I said, Willie, shit's hit the fan, buddy. Shit has come down hard. I need, I need tank commanders. Will you go back? And he said, Oh yeah, yeah. And he <laughs> went, went, come back down about 20 minutes later. And his, his wife was like eight months pregnant. Oh my. He said, he said, I, I can't go. I can't yeah. go. So I understand. Okay. <laughs> like I said, my, my, this day my, mine was born. And I said, okay, I understand. Yeah. So, uh, but I called and, and we, I want to say I got, 
I don't know if I got 25, but I got, if I didn't get 25, I got almost 25 guys. Uh-huh. Uh, we, we all hooked up up at El Toro. Right. Flew out of El Toro and right. back, back in, wow. back in Vietnam we went. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, I, yeah. What, what month was that? That was 68, right? Uh, yeah, it was 68. Do you remember? No, what? no, let's see. Let me think. Let me think. Um, yeah, it was, I think it was a little early. I think it was January, February. Oh, okay. January 68. Okay. Okay. I was, I was just, yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. But uh let me let me think. Well it was Tet Offensive. January twentieth. January twentieth. Oh, okay. Yeah. That was Which made it January which made it January twenty second. Yeah, made it January twenty second, US time. US right. uh which was my, my second daughter's birthday. So yeah, that was uh Oh, okay. The the yeah, I Yeah. I I had just barely put my my feet on yellow footprints. Ah, uh-huh. <laughs> that was yeah, Jan- January eighteenth. January eighteenth, okay. Eighteenth, I yep, I hit the hit the deck with yellow footprints. Yeah, um, can we can we um, can we? I'm sorry, can we? Could you share that? Um, I don't want I don't want to give anything away, but. That one unusual story that uh, uh, you have that uh, you know which one I'm talking about. Well, was it, does it does it have anything to do with cats? Yes, yes, that's the one. That's the one. Yep. Okay. So, um, yeah, I was. It, it was on my second tour, and uh, I was. Um, I was a tank commander. Uh, we were operating out of, oh, I keep getting, I keep getting these texts. Um, so can you hear those when they go off? Not really, but if they're, if they're okay. there, okay. I'll, I'll clear them up. That, that won't be a problem. Oh, no, no, they're mine. They're mine. Oh, okay. So, okay. Anyway, the, anyway, so we, yeah, so, um, so it was in my second tour. I was a tank commander, and we were operating, we were south of Da Nang, uh-huh. about 40 miles south of Da Nang, with security over a bridge that had, in fact, been blown. Okay. But it was a, but because that had been blown, it was a, it was a squeeze point. Okay. And, so the geography, uh, I'll, I'll look at it from the west. Okay. So it's it's all rice paddies, mm-hmm. levees, rice paddy, levees, rice paddy. Then Highway 1 adjacent to the railroad. Oh, okay. And... And, but and on the opposite side, on the on the east side of that of uh, uh, of the the bridge and and the the, uh, uh, the highway, there was a river that came down through a real steep 
channel that, that came from from the east to the west okay. and then made up into into the river there uh-huh. and and it was a real it was probably uh 200 oh, it was probably 250 to 400 feet let me think uh wow. probably, oh it was easily 100 yards on my side and it was probably another uh 25 yards on the opposite side so we it was probably 250 300 feet on my side i was on the the north side of of this little chasm. I mean, it was just a steep, yeah. rocky canyon down to this thing, yeah. and uh, it was it, it was kind of a cool place, kind of a cool place. I I, I enjoyed it. it. It worked out real well for us. And we're sitting there one night, and one of the infantrymen comes comes up to my tank, and he says, "Hey, Sarge, hey, Sarge." He says, uh, "Hey, says." Uh, uh, we just, we just got a, a, a starlight scope. And he said, we, we put it on this rifle, but, but it isn't sighted in. So it really doesn't do us any good. Uh, do you want to use it? And I said, <laughs> yeah. sure, let me see what I can do with it. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> he, uh, he said, it, it, it's charged up, use it. So, so, <coughs> excuse me, we're, we're sitting on the, well, and, and one of the cool things about this site, too, was bef- when we were first told we were going over into that area, go find a good spot, mm-hmm. what we did was <coughs> we we came, we were coming down from Da Nang, so we were coming south. When we got down to that bridge, we, we just kind of looked around and we thought, well, I tell you, there's some, there's some good spots to be able to get some real good, you know, some real good views from up here. Yeah. So we, we rolled up onto the, what would be the north side of, of that, of, of the rock wall. We rolled up there and moved around. And I said, park it right here, boys. I'll be right back. And I walked over to the edge of that, that rock wall, our side. And I looked around and I spotted a, a piece of dirt that was bounded in the front and on the right side mm-hmm. by a, uh, a, a rock that, that was, uh, that was, that was part of the mountain. And it was about, about four foot tall. Maybe it probably, it was probably five foot tall or better. Now that I think about it. And, and it was just, you know, it was like, like lava had pushed up and you got, and it was kind of a round, smooth. It was, it was part of that mountain uh-huh. and it went straight and then it looked like it had, it, something had fallen off the end. But then right beside it was another one of those same things it was rock. And I looked at that and I thought, hmm, let me check. And I, and I kicked my, kicked the little dirt around and I said, I got an idea. I got us up there and with our little shovels, we dug a, we dug a, a carport oh, for our tank. Oh, we, nice. d- yeah. we, we, we dug that sucker and we dug it to where the rock was just above our fender wells. 
Oh. All that was, all that was, that was above it was just the turret. Wow. And so it was, it was just a real cool spot. And so we'd been there for two or three weeks and there hadn't been anything going on. Mm-hmm. It was one of those, one of those things where it was a nice place to go. It was yeah. a beautiful place. And we got to see, there were a lot of traffic through there. Yeah. Uh, and we, every once in a while we'd see something we knew were VC, but you know, it was not, you know, yeah, let them go. Somebody else would get them. And, uh, so we're, we're sitting up there and the infantryman brings that starlight scope and he, he, he says, you want to use it? I said, yeah. And so I'm, I'm looking around in that thing and just watching to the starlight and, and I look across and and I go, well, hey, and Jim Bentley was was my 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 gunner at the time, one of one of my two best buddy gunners. Right. And uh, I said, Jim, take a look at that. What do you see over there? And he looks and looks. And he says, well, it's a VC, isn't it? And I said, yeah, it is. Look at that. Ain't that nice? <laughs> Let me have that. And I looked at that and I looked and I and. So we watched him, and he and he was hiding behind stuff, but we could see him, you know, with the with the scope, and and so this goes on for an hour or two. He just he's, he, and what he's doing, in fact, I think I'm convinced that he had something very much like a starlight himself, because I don't think they were normal binoculars he was using. Because whenever I would I would eyeball his but. His binoc- him when he had his binocs up, it looked like I was getting too much light back from from them to be to be just regular binoculars. But in any case, he's he's up on the top and he's looking over a rock and then he then he drops down over the edge of the the, the, the wall and and it's steep. It is steep, but he find, there's a little dirt here and a little edge there and he wanders down. And he just kind of Kind of meanders down, mm-hmm. and he's probably 20, 25, 30, he's probably 30 yards <laughs> below the, below the top of that hill where we first spotted him, mm-hmm. and he's down inside a kind of a, 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 a crevice in that, that big rock, and he, then he sets himself up on a, to where he's got a great position to, to scope us. Yeah. Just a great position to scope us. And, uh, but, you know, it's like, I, we're looking at him and we're thinking, well, he ain't going home to, he's not going home to mama tonight anyway. It don't matter. Yeah. He, he doesn't seem, doesn't look to be, he doesn't have a radio. He don't look dangerous <laughs> to us. Ain't no big deal. So we're, so we, we just keep watching every once in a while. Somebody take the starlight and say, yeah, he's still there. And mm-hmm. went on and went on and went on. And probably after three to four hours later, now it's getting to where it's dark. Uh-huh. And he's still over there. And <laughs> I have to laugh. I, I've got the starlight. And I'm, I'm looking over there and I'm looking at this guy uh-huh. and up on the top of the rock wall, as I kind of move, maneuver around, uh, you know, trying to get my bearings over there, yeah. I see blink, 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 blink. Uh-huh. And I'm going, what the hell is that? Yeah. 
I said, I said, I handed this guy like to Jim and I said, Jim, look, what do you see up there? And he yeah, says, says, that's a cat. And I said, I said, yes, it is. Huh. And I said, here, let me look at those. And I, and it was a black leopard. Oh. And that cat, for 15, 20 minutes, just kind of meandered around up there, like it was trying to figure out. It may not may not have been able to see where he was at, but he had the smell. And he's just that cat wanders around for just a little bit, and then finally, he just just very very quietly, if you will, mm-hmm. drops down about five to ten yards. Positions himself right above that, that VC, and I told Jim, I think we ought to let him. I, 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 I don't know if I can watch this. This is this is this ain't good. This ain't good. He says, do, do you think we should? I don't know. We don't. Do we want to shoot the cat or something? Or, and before before anything could happen, that cat dove off that rock. Landed on top of that VC and drug him to the bottom of the canyon, which is another 30 yards down that steep canyon. Uh-huh. And we're going, oh, oh, that is just wrong. Yeah. You know, he wasn't going home tonight, but dang, that's, oh man, that's just not the way to, to yeah. get killed. Yeah. So we, we watched and that cat. That black leopard that didn't couldn't have weighed over forty five pounds. No. Could not have. It was just lean to the bone. That cat comes walking back up, dragging that VC, drug him up, got him up on the top, shook himself out a little bit, got another got another bite on his neck, yeah. and drug him off. Wow. And, uh, well, you know, it's like <laughs> just crappy way to go. Just a bit surreal. And, and yeah, wow. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. Well, uh, who's, yeah. No, 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 go ahead. You're doing fine. You oh, no. Yeah. No, that was, that was pretty much it. Uh, let's see. What other, what other, what else have I got? No, I got to Okay. So there's a, I got one more story. Okay. Go ahead. Um, this was, uh, I had just gotten, yeah, I think I, I, when, when I came back, yeah, when I came back to Vietnam for that second tour, uh-huh. I was a tank commander and we were stationed, our, our security post was, and we, we were, we were, uh, our base was out somewhere, was, was not far from, I want to say, was it Chu Lai? Well, no, the, I can't remember whether we were at Chu Lai or, or Da Nang. I think we're probably near Chu Lai. Uh-huh. Yeah, we were because, because the air, it was the little, little metal mat runway. Right. We were at Chu Lai and, uh, our, our, we were to, Protect the airport on the ocean side of it. And, uh, so we, um, 
we would, what we would do is we'd go down to the airport and then we would, there was a, a hill on what would be on the west side or south side of the airport that run literally right down to the ocean. So we would usually go up there okay. and we'd sit up there about, so we're at 50 feet, nice position, 50 feet above the, above the beach and look down to me. It's just cool. Watch those planes go. And I just got real intrigued. I, I, I'd watch those A1Es. Oh yeah. I'd, I'd watch them, them go out and oh man, it was just so cool. I mean, it just had watching and watching, and so I thought, you know, I wanna, I wanna get a little closer. I, I, I think I'd get a little closer. So we moved, we moved down, and spent a couple of days, about a hundred yards off the end of the runway, uh-huh. to, to again to the, to the what would be to the south, and I thought, you know, I, I wanna get real close and. The runway, the runway was about 15, the runway was, was about 15 feet above the beach. Uh, it had a steep cliff. And then, then there was probably three or four hundred yards of beach out there. Okay. And, and it was a metal map, one of those metal map runways. Oh, right. And, right. uh, and so, I just, I went over there and I parked about 30 yards, 25 or 30 yards out onto the beach from that rock wall. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I've I've made a mistake or two in my life. This is one of them. (laughs) We're we're sitting there and they want to take off and, and we were just jazzed, just jazzed. It's so cool. You know, we, we, we were down inside the tank and we just watch them come over and wave at them, you know, and, and it was just real cool. And, and, uh, then all of a sudden we had, uh, they, they weren't really heavily armed when they were there for the first part of the evening. And so we're, you know, we're just, we're just having a good time doing what we normally do. And, mm-hmm. And something something was going down then all of a sudden because they started to they started to to they were they were running out with either probably five hundred either two fifties or five hundreds and napalm on them and they were loaded. Wow! And now they're start you know they're something's going on they're they're on mission. Yeah. yeah. So I I watch and. I, you know, we're sitting there, my crew, and sitting on the on the fenders of the tank. In fact, I got a, I got a, one of my pictures is a picture. Got my 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 driver that was with me then. I can't remember his name, but anyway, they um they a couple of them flew over and got right out, no problem. And now there, here we are. We're sitting there, and I'm sitting up on the top of the cupola, mm-hmm. sitting in the hatch, and we're just. Probably drinking one of our uh, our fall staffs or whatever warm can of beer we had at the time. We're drinking a beer or two and sitting there and it's a nice, pleasant 126 degree day, just like usual. And and I hear this one jet fire up and 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 you know it's 
and and I I keep hearing a voice that, that's a woman's voice, and it sounds like it's something about Trump. Huh. That's the same the voice I keep hearing. No. It's a woman saying something about Trump. I, I don't don't get it. But anyway, the we hear this this A1E fire up, huh? and we hear it roll about a hundred yards, a hundred and fifty yards, and you know it's like pop, 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 and I'm going, holy crap! And I stand up and I look back at it, uh-huh. and and its engine stalled, <laughs> and I look, That's and he right. fires it again. And it stalls again, and I'm going, oh, crap, and it's too late to go anywhere. Yeah. And that plane <laughs> to come over our tank, and on the M48A3, right. it had a 12-foot antenna yeah, yeah. and an 8-foot eight, antenna. Right. And when <laughs> that plane went over... And those antenna quit whipping. We had two six foot antenna. And that pilot, the only way he didn't take my tank out was he just absolutely centered his wheels. You know, he just centered his plane dead over the top of the turret. Cause he, he just went, otherwise he would, and, and when he come over us, he was still sinking. And he, he probably got down to about two or three feet off the water. But two, by then, once he got, 50 yards in front, out, in front, out towards the ocean, he could raise his, raise his wheels and it helped him a bunch, but, uh, yeah. so. Uh, that's cool. But, so, you, you know, that did, did, uh, did you take any R&Rs when you were there? I mean, for the three years that you were there? No. No, no, that's a no? Yeah. Wow. So you just... You know what? You know what? Hold on. Hold on. Yes, I did too. Because I did go to Hong Kong one time. Oh, okay. okay. I went to Hong Kong and that would have probably been back into my first. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So And, and you, after that, after that, I realized that, you know, it's three or five days in some place, you know, that you don't speak the language and all mm-hmm. that. You know, I if, if I could have gotten R&R in some place like, uh, you know, oh, Australia <laughs> or someplace <laughs> like that out of Ghana. But yeah. uh yeah. no, I just stick to one R and R. And and you were, I, you know what the other reason is? Yeah, go ahead. I loved I loved what I was doing. Yeah. I I I I I was never tired of being out there. Never yeah. tired of being in combat. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and uh, my story about the you know, my uh, uh telling you about the that that story that that ended up causing me to get out. I yeah, yeah. I I'd still be in the Marine Corps. If, <laughs> yeah. If we hadn't uh, hadn't had that friendly fire. But yeah. well, how how did how did you manage to you were with first tanks all the time, right? Yeah. How yeah. Did, how did you manage that? I mean, given that that the Marine Corps will certainly ask you where would you like to go and then ship you in exactly the opposite place. Um, I was, I was Sergeant of Hearn. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, I was, my first day there, uh-huh. 
let's 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 drop back to that first day. Yeah. The do you know Greg Auclair? Uh yeah, yes I do. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh while I was in the hospital I told you that I I, I got three promotions while I was in the hospital. Right. And uh, <laughs> at that point I was uh you know, eighteen oh crap, I was two years in the Marine Corps. Right. And I started getting my first promotions. Right. And I, I'm going, I don't know what is happening, but this is cool. I'll just keep my mouth shut and stay here in the hospital. I could, I could come out of here as a general. <laughs> but anyway, I, uh, I, I kept getting promoted. Yeah. And I thought, man, hey, nobody knows what happened. Hey, nobody knows what I, you know, yeah. I saved Vickery. Yeah. I saved Vickery and that, you know, um, nobody, nobody knew that, and but I kept getting promotions. So, yeah. um, when it was several years ago, mm-hmm. um, oh, oh, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Okay. So, so yeah. Okay. So I got to get my trains on. Okay. So yeah. So something's happening while I'm in. While I'm in the hospital, and I, I don't know what the heck's going on, but it's but it's cool. Yeah, I'm trying to think of how much later it was that I discovered. Oh, it was in fact it was while I was in VTA. Okay. That my tank commander, Corporal Vickery, mm-hmm. when when we got wounded, I went to Camp Cooley Army Hospital. Mm-hmm. Corporal Vickery went was 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 in in the big scheme was hurt much worse than I was because of the amount of of, of damage right. to his face and his and his shoulders and stuff, and he went back to Great Lakes Naval Air Station. Well, Greg Auclair was on leave. He had landed on on Operation Starlight Two with me. Okay, and but he had been overseas. And it was now time for him to, to take leave. So he went, he took leave, went back to the States. He was in, uh, I, 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 let's see, I, I want to say, yeah, he was, yeah, he was, he was in Michigan and on leave and somebody called and told him that he ought to go see Vickery, who's in Great Lakes Naval Air Station. So he does. He goes to to the Naval Air Station. Vickery tells him the story. Then Vickery goes back to Vietnam mm-hmm. and tells everybody what happened. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's, that's back afterwards. Uh, yeah, Vickery tells Auclair the story. Auclair goes back to, back to Chulai. And tells everybody the story, and Private Hearn is now on his way to Sergeant Hearn, and yeah. and on and on and on. Yeah. But that's uh, a new story. That's good. Well, oh, I know what I wanted to touch on before before we wrap up. Yeah. Uh, uh, you uh, after all that travel before you went in to the Corps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if I recall correctly, we talked a little bit about the fact you were in construction. 
Yes. When you got out, and you still traveled. Is that right? Well, I, until three weeks ago, about a month ago, I was traveling construction, I, and I retired about about four. I, I technically retired about four weeks ago. Yeah. So, but but you moved a lot. You were still moving a lot. Yeah. Oh uh, no, not no no. Um, I got married about twelve years ago. Okay. And uh, and that I I did I. Jenny, how many how many addresses? I mean, how many jobs have I gone to? Probably four or five since we've been married. Traveled to. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> four or five. Just, but but fortunately, those were all project management. I'm a I am a project management professional. I'm a I'm a right. I'm, 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 my last project was a 2.6 billion dollar wow. refinery. It was it was actually a, a Refinery built in in Alaska at Prudhoe Bay. Oh, wow! It was a natural natural gas processing plant, uh-huh. and I did that while I was uh, office in adjacent to Pasadena, a little town called Monrovia. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, sure, I know Monrovia. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was in an office in Monrovia, and uh, and uh, my job was to was to oversee design and engineering. Wow. And and. Yeah, of, of that. That's that was that was my job. I think I was yeah. down there eight or nine months. And uh, but yeah, they. Uh, well, were, yeah. You, were you a consultant? Sure. Were you a consultant, or did you work for somebody and they assigned you out to certain projects that they contracted for? Well, the uh, so one of one of those great stories. So, I was a pipe welder. I was a pipe welder for a long time. Okay. And uh, in my mid, well, when I got into Marine Corps, I, I, I first became an iron worker welder because Dad was in project management, and that's what he needed. And then I, okay. uh, actually, no, that's not true. I went to Grand Coulee Dam as a carpenter welder. Oh wow! Uh, from seventy, eh, probably seventy one to seventy, late seventy three, before. Then I went to, uh, then that job was done. I went to Hanford area, Hanford Nuclear Reservation. Right. Uh, went there as an ironworker welder. Again, that's what dad needed. Okay. And, uh, I decided that if I'm going to be welding, I might as well make the most money I can. Mm-hmm. And the reason I went to Grand <laughs> funny story, funny story. Um, <clears throat> Carpenter welders, all they do is they, they weld the form supports together. Okay. That's, and it, what it amounts to is three-quarter inch rod right. that has a thread on one end, <laughs> and you you screw it into a effectively a bolt. Right. And, and that bolt's got a nut on it, and that's what holds the form in place. Gotcha. That's, okay. how, that's how you align and hold the form. And then that, that, those, that three quarter inch rod, they, they come up to 20 and 20 feet long. What you do then is you, you literally just bend that rod down to the ground or in, to the concrete uh-huh. that you'd poured before. I would have a, a, a laborer would drill a two inch hole with a jackhammer, would drill a hole uh-huh. about, about 16 to 18 inches deep. I would cut two foot pieces of two inch pipe and I would drive those down into them, 
so that they were diagonal or, or they were they were canted away from the wall. And then I would take that same three quarter inch rod, uh-huh. but they had been prefab, preformed into right. J's called J and they called a J hook. Oh, and yeah. I would yeah. take, take, take that J hook uh-huh. and that rod and I would align them, put them together. And then I would, I would weld them with P5, uh, spatter rod. Okay. I'd weld them and weld them. And, but I, when I got out of the Marine Corps, Mm-hmm. My dad was in construction management, and I was I was working for one of my dad's best friends, who was a general contractor. I was a superintendent on on a, a Bay Area job. It was Highway 280 in the Bay Area. Oh yeah, yeah. I was, yeah. I was a super. I was a super for that down in. Uh, You're kidding. Uh, no, just just below the airport. Oh just no, kidding. We were living yeah, right. I, that's what we were living right down there at that time. At the time, life living. Go ahead. Yeah. Cool. I was in. I was in Hayward. Yeah. I, I was in. I was in Hayward, but I. I was a superintendent on it anyway. Yeah. But the. Uh, um. I would. So I'm living in Hayward when I get out of the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to. Okay. Yeah. I'm. I'm. I'm running heavy equipment and supervising. Right. In fact, I was supervising on, on that Highway 280 job. And my dad calls me one Saturday and he says, Hey, he says, yeah, so how's, how's things going around the house? Mm-hmm. And I says, Well, you know, they're, you know, it's kind of the same thing, Pop. And yeah. it was, uh, we were just newlyweds and, yeah. and, and we were just having some issues and it just, it, it was, it was tough. Yeah. Stuff we 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 were poorly suited, yeah. and uh, so anyway, he said, "Well, do you think a, a break would would help?" And I said, "Well, I don't know. What do you got?" Mm-hmm. And he said, "I need a crane operator here up on the dam at Grand Coulee." Oh, now, I was making twelve in nineteen seventy one, seventy or seventy one. I was making twelve and change. This job was like sixteen and change up at well, running a crane, yeah, and. The highest rate of pay in the construction trade, so, running the crane. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. And, and so I said, uh, uh, that was on Saturday. I said, I'll see you Wednesday. So I drove my little 68 Super Beetle up there. Uh-huh. And when I got there, my dad says, uh, he says, uh, he says, uh, why don't you, you said, you notice we got some water around there, some lakes. He said, why don't you do a little fishing? He said, we've had a little bit of a problem and, and it's going to be, going to be a little little bit before you can you can start work so mm-hmm. so i said okay so i i went fishing just uh first first day i went out i come back and had a bucket full of crappie i said pop i'm never leaving here <laughs> <laughs> and and so anyway so i um he said what had happened was that so when you're building a dam, a concrete dam, or any major concrete structure, right. what you do is you typically, if it's big, I mean big like a dam, right. it doesn't make sense to buy concrete from someone else, have somebody else fix it. Grand Coulee Dam had its own concrete mixer, right. and it had, an, it had a six-foot by 120-foot long 
super, super hard stainless steel shaft that had the paddle on the bottom of it. And that was the mixing paddle for the concrete. Oh, okay. Well, it had broken. It, it broke the day I got there. So uh -huh. he said, we're not, we're not pouring concrete. So go fishing. So, okay, cool. <laughs> so, so they, they get this thing fixed again. And, uh, he says, uh, he said, my dad says, well, son, I, I, I gotta tell you, I might have, might have not been honest with you. What I really need is I need you to, I need a certified carpenter welder. Oh. Is what I need. And he said, and there were over, hello? Yeah. There were, there were over, there were over 900 carpenter welders working on three shifts wow. on the dam, yeah. but not one of them had been able to certify. Oh. And he had this this job coming up, where it was designed to be. It, it was it was corrugated metal, is what it was. Right. Cor right. It was corrugated metal, and it was which they use commonly to support ceilings. And what they do is they just they just lay out the the corrugated metal, heavy gauge corrugated metal, uh -huh. and then pour concrete over it. Uh -huh. You know, they they support it from the bottom. Right. And then pour concrete over the top of it, and now you've got a bad boy ceiling. Yeah. And this, this, um, the turbine building itself was, was over 200 feet wide, and this thing had to span 200 feet. So it was a, it, it was quite a, quite a, quite a deal. But he couldn't get anybody, couldn't find any other carpenter willing. So. Yeah. It was designed to be 25 iron worker welders and 25 carpenter welders. Well, we had 25 iron worker welders. And what I did was my dad had his secretary move out of her office mm -hmm. into another office. And they, they made me a little apartment in, mm -hmm. in his secretary's office. <laughs> and I would weld mm -hmm. as, uh, as long as I could weld. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would well. I'd go take a nap, grab a bite to eat, go back out, weld. There had to be a carpenter welder out there on that job. You know, the carpenters union couldn't gripe because they couldn't provide the welders. So I just, I, I got paid for. I want to say it was probably thirty-seven days. I got paid twenty-four hours a day. Right. The problem, the, the, but the problem is, okay, so I told you that I was making like 14 something uh -huh. running that job down there. Yeah. Okay. And it was going to be like 16 to run the crane. Well, the crane was just BS to get me up there. Right. I got, I got paid $3 and 13 cents an hour as oh. a carpenter welder. Oh. So. Wow. So. Uh, and, and I, I say, and will always say, my dad only told one lie in his life, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the next, next job, I was an iron worker welder over in the nuclear power plant area, and then I went to, uh, uh, from there, let's see, somebody went on strike. So, yeah, I think somebody went on strike over there. Mm -hmm. And so I, I went over to, I, I, I had this planned out. I went over to Tacoma, 
to the Tacoma shipyards. Oh, okay. And went over there, mm-hmm. and I, I told him I was a welder. I said I, I, I said I could weld anything, but I said uh, I said I'd like to be a pipe welder, and they said okay. And I never welded pipe. Um, had never used the rod they welded, but it took me took me just over a day, and I got my first pipe weld certified, and never looked back. I welded well. pipe for probably oh gosh, probably fourteen, fifteen years, something well. like that. What I, I by this point I was single, yeah, and yeah. I would uh, I. Broke ground at Hanford Number Two, a nuclear power plant. One of the first in right. the West in the U.S. Right. Actually, it wasn't the first. Uh, Dablo Canyon was number one. Right. No, San Onofre. San, yeah, San Onofre was one. Onofre. Yeah. Diablo Canyon. Right. And then Hanford. Yeah. Well, those were the first three. Yeah. And uh, I just, I would, depending on, like I say I was a single guy. Yeah. Um, I would usually. I'd usually go someplace and weld for a while, and when I got tired of the girlfriend or she got tired of me, I'd go to the next nuclear power plant and just yeah. travel. I traveled and traveled and traveled and just I, I I I hardly ever if I missed a day of work, it was because I was on the road traveling. Yeah, yeah, wow. and uh, but I, I had a lot of money in the bank. That's an amazing what? story. That's that's a that's a great career. Gee, Jerry, that's just that's that's spectacular. That, it, is, <laughs> that's, it is pretty nice. You you've been you you get to travel all over the well certainly all over the West Coast, and and do what you love, mm-hmm. and, and you get paid for it. You know what what more can you ask for? So, what a deal! Yeah, yeah, what a deal! What oh a deal. wow, that's that's yeah, terrific. Yeah. yeah. If you get a chance, if you get a chance, Google Point Thompson. Point Thompson, okay. Point Thompson, that's in Alaska. Okay. Yeah, that was the project, uh, my last project. That's the one I, I managed from Southern California. Oh, okay, okay. Um, did you just, as a side note, uh, are you familiar with Southern California then? Oh yeah, no, well. Okay, well, I was I was uh, born and raised in Whittier. Okay, I lived in Whittier at one time. Oh, you did? Short, short, short time. Yeah, I lived there. Um, let's see. Is if if I'm not mistaken, Whittier is in. Um, how close is Whittier to? Uh, oh, what are some of the towns right near it? Uh, let's see, La Habra, uh, Pico Rivera, Montebello. Um, the uh, let's see, uh, Roland Heights, Hacienda La Puente, uh, oh gosh, um, uh, Santa Fe Springs. Uh, you know, I th- I think it was Whittier. I lived in Whittier. I know I lived in Whittier, and I don't think I wasn't there long. Yeah. But uh, in fact, let's see if I can let me see if I can look at my map real quick. See where Whittier is and all. Yeah. I'll tell you what job I was on. Well, you know, Santa Fe Springs has has a or at that time was nothing but oil wells. Oh, I know it. Oh, I know it. Let's see here. Uh, eight oh five. Let's see here. Norwalk. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to say that I. Let's see here. 
Okay, I'll tell you how I know Whittier. Okay. When I was dating the mother of my children, uh-huh. my first wife, yeah. uh, I used to go through Whittier all the time. I was stationed in Pendleton, and I would drive from Pendleton up, right. up to Cucamonga. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, so I, I just went through Whittier all the time. Yeah. I, I was there three, three I drive through two years often. Yeah. yeah, that's that like I say that was that was our hometown and it was uh I I left well, I joined the Corps and, mm-hmm. and and took off and then from the time that I was in the Corps that was that was pretty much our home base and I would bring up you know, blues and sparrow and, and all kinds of guys. We'd come up for the weekend and my mom would my, my mom was uh, the wife of a of a Marine. And, mm-hmm. and you know, so if you're <laughs> if you've got USMC someplace in your name, you're you're always welcome at my mom's house. Always. Oh, wow, cool. So, and and she always had you know, she always had as she used to phrase it, bring them up. We'll put one more potato in the pot. And that was. You know, <laughs> And, and so it was a place to go up, and we could crash, and then we could go into Hollywood for a day, or you know, on the weekends oh, yeah. and that kind of stuff. And so, yeah. Uh, but then I, I'm not terribly unlike you. Uh, when I, I went back to college, got I graduated, and began to move. Uh, let's see, in the first, we moved a, a, 13 times in the first 11 years of being married. Mm. And uh, now that's not that I'm not I'm not competing with you because I'm nowhere close to oh, no. 47. No, we're close to 47. But but you know, so I got uh, we just yeah, we we finally we we lived no longer than maybe three or four years in one place, and and my wife was always great about you know well you know pack up we're gonna go to you know Washington D.C. Oh yeah, okay. Sounds like a great time. Let's do it. And you know, she was she was always always real supportive. And, yeah. we, and we got out here to uh, I, I switched careers a couple of times. Got out to uh, here in Oakdale, and and I said, you know, uh, I I owe you something, and we're just not going to move anymore. And <laughs> and she, we've been here now twenty about twenty seven years, and, and we're, we're loving it. So. Oh, cool.